Welcome to this week's episode of Getting on the Green. nice to see everybody back for another episode. This is episode two of season three. If you have not listened to episode one of season three or any other episode for that matter, go ahead, go back. Um, this episode will still be here. Um, take a listen to the others and come on back to this one. There's a lot of good information, awesome guests, um, but a little synopsis on last week's episode was a little bit of information on what's going on in my life, a little bit of the market, and uh, some recommended books for you to take a look at. It's been so cool being able to do this podcast and really branch out. Um, I used to be kind of a, a reserved person. Once I got to know you, I was you know super out there, but um, I used to be reserved and not really reach out to people and uh, extend my network. So this has given me... Um, pretty good opportunity to meet some people that I, I really never would have. And obviously we're in we're in season three and uh, it's getting a little bit bigger and we're reaching more people. So I have been able to expand out into states other than um, Florida to find guests. And it's, it's very cool. Um, I'm very excited about this next guest. Um, it's a testament to you know, if you put in the hard work and you and you stay with it, um, good things are going to happen. So let's get right into it. So I'm really excited to have Tyler Cobble with us today. Um, big time guy, uh, knows a lot about real estate. He is operating, operating out of Tennessee, a state that I really enjoy going to, um, Nashville. So I, I, I really like um, Nashville. I love Tennessee. I'm a Panthers fan, so I, I actually went to uh, Nashville, saw a Predators game. I think it was last year or two years ago. Lots of fun. I uh, had a lot of trash talk coming my way. So, you know, they got a lot of spirit out in Tennessee. Um, and uh, I assume that that kind of translates into the real estate market over there um, with all the competition that, that you all have. Um, but today's topic is going to be kind of about facing the pandemic, what you have done. Uh, you've created a brand for yourself that is awesome, um, but I want you to talk a little bit more about it, you know, enough of me talking. So uh, welcome, Tyler. I'm, I'm really excited to have you here. Yeah, Craig, thanks for having me on, man. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, been, uh, it's been really interesting watching Nashville go through the pandemic. You know, before, I mean, Nashville been on the largest, longest upswing, economic upswing that it had ever seen. Right, I mean, the whole country had, and Nashville had had very thoroughly benefited from that. I mean, you look at what uh, what from you know 2015 to 2020. I mean, Nashville doubled its skyline, I think. So you think about how many cities could actually double their skyline in five years, and it's it's a pretty remarkable statistic. Uh, you know, Nashville got hit hard, right? I mean, tourism is a big part of Nashville's economy. And so, you know, that dropped off very immediately. We saw that I have a property management company as well, and we used to manage Airbnbs. And that business just dropped. I mean, it was like a week into the pandemic, went from, we had units doing $10,000, $12,000 a month, go to zero. So it was pretty remarkable to see that happen. Um, you know, for the first time, you know, we got hit with a tornado and then the pandemic. So it was, it was a very, very weird month for us. It's hard to believe it was almost a year ago. But, you know, we, um, 
We got some, I got some much needed downtime. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that I got to work on in March, April, May that I just hadn't had time for before because we were always running and gunning. I mean, I was, I was out of the office 90% of the day. Now I'm in the office 90% of the day. So it, it is a completely different shift. And, it, and that's starting to change now. I mean, everybody's you know getting back to meetings and it's somewhat mm-hmm. relatively normal, but I was in the office for 12 hours a day trying to figure out what, what am I going to be doing? And so we actually ended up, um, you know, improving our marketing program. We started a YouTube channel and we started just diving into all these other ways for us to get creative, to put deals together. And it really started to pay off. We actually ended up having the biggest year we've ever had in 2020. And we're set to have an even bigger year this year. So I, I, for one, am very grateful that, you know, we were forced to rethink how we were doing things. Wow. So other than um, like the property management, tell us what you were doing before the pandemic. Uh, what's, what's a standard, you know, business day like for, for Tyler pre-pandemic? Um, like what, yeah. do, what, do you, what assets are you dealing with and that, that type of thing? Yeah, so, you know, it largely uh, commercial real estate brokerage. I had a couple of investments that I was working on as well. Um, I bought a 12,000 square foot office building. We were in the middle of renovations when that hit. So I was trying to lease that building up, pandemic hit. Uh, because of the way that it was structured, we actually ended up leasing, you know, signing six leases a few months after the pandemic hit because it was all micro units. Um, but day to day was, you know, out trying to find deals, get buildings leased. You know, my, my primary business is the commercial real estate brokerage. So we do leasing and sales pretty much within a 15 minute radius in downtown Nashville. We're uh-huh. very urban. And, uh, you know, my day would be spent in tours, client meetings, you know, pitches, uh, investor meetings. Uh, I mean, that was, that was pretty much dead. I mean, that was what I was out of the office doing all day. Okay. So the, the pandemic comes, it hits. What, what's your reaction to it? Do you immediately go into action, um, trying to shift your basic business and your outlook, or are you waiting to kind of react to how it affects the world and this and that? Um, you know, cause in theory, both of those could be legitimate, um, strategies, but I want to hear about what you did and how, um, you kind of took it head on. Yeah, so we were a little dazed already, right? So, I mean, the, the tornado came through East Nashville, I mean, all of Nashville on March 3rd. And we had been, basically, I, I told my team, you know, don't come into the office, don't work this week, everybody get out and help the community. So we hadn't really been, we had just kind of gotten back into the office, you know, a week later, because at that point, it was, you know, beyond what we could really assist with. So. Um, everybody was kind of getting back into the office and then, you know, March 15th or so we get shut down uh, from COVID. And so at first I was like, ah, you know, I mean, cause we actually had mandates where people had to work from home. And so they got to a point where I was uncomfortable enough having people in the office. I just had everybody start working from home. I kept going into the office. I would actually walk to the offices in the morning because I didn't have anywhere else to go. Um, and it, it meant that I would be sitting there concentrating all day uh, which was actually, I, I kind of miss, you know, being able to just go to the office by myself for 12 hours a day, and not having to, <laughs> not getting interrupted, not having any phone calls. It was actually just a, a nice period. Um, but you know, we we didn't know what was going on, right? I mean, some people were still, you know, everybody was canceling meetings. Uh, we still had projects that were under contract that we were still trying to do, and then there was that three day run 
with the stock market where like every day was a new record low. And it was like, it was a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, cause I'll never forget. It was Friday, woke up and it was another just massive stock market drop. And I woke up thinking, man, that like, this can't be good. Uh, it's three days in a row. That's never happened. And of course that day we started getting calls from all of our investors, our clients, you know, <laughs> Hey, terminate the contract. Oh my Just God. Go ahead and terminate the contract. I and mean, we, we lost a lot of deals that day. Um, and, and so that was really rough. I mean, you, you think about how much, how much work you put into making these deals happen. And it's something that's completely out of your control comes and swipes them away. So when that happened, um, you know, we probably spent the next couple of weeks really trying to continue to resurrect deals and, and make things happen. And then I got to a point where I realized, okay, it's, it's not going to happen. We just need to ride this out. What's the best thing that we can be doing to ride, it out, to ride it out? And that was direct mail. So I had the brokers all doing direct letters to property owners, which ended up generating a couple of deals for us. Really? I actually bought a building. Yeah, I wow. bought a building because of that. Residential or commercial? Commercial. Wow. Yeah, we, do, we do all commercial, yeah. So we were, we were doing handwritten notes directly to uh, commercial property. Interesting. Each broker doing 50 a week. Uh, so we were sending out 150 to 200 a week um, on those, including myself. So um, that, you know, that actually ended up working. And then I started doing as much research as I could, and I started really writing on the blog. I mean, we had kind of written on the blog before, but we got to a point where I was writing three to four articles a week on the blog. And that ended up translating into YouTube videos. And so I would take basically the, the blogs and then reutilize them as the YouTube video scripts. And we would just start doing YouTube videos. And so now we do one blog a week, one video a week, and they kind of coincide. But that was basically it for a little bit was, you know, let's just focus on building this digital base while we have nothing else to focus on. And, and it has really paid off. I mean, we now, we now get over 20,000 organic visitors to the website a month. And, you know, I've got over a thousand subscribers on the YouTube channel and we just started it back in April. So, um, you know, the, I'm really excited to see where that goes once the market kind of gets back to normal. It's very cool. Um, so I have a, a couple of things I want to ask you. First of all, uh, you mentioned the, the stock market dips. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the stock market. I, uh, you know, that's one of my loves. I, I track it every day. Um, are you, how involved are you with that? Do you look at it at all? Or is it something that you just need to know about because you're in something that um, investors invest in, which is real estate? So, you know, you kind of need to know about it. But I just want to know if you're, if you uh, invest in stocks, because some people in real estate say it's not good enough. Uh, the returns aren't good enough. You know, if you can't get that, um, you know, double digit cash on cash immediately, then, you know, it's not worth it like you can in, in real estate, you know, but I, I don't necessarily agree with that, especially when you see what Bitcoin, yeah. Tesla, all these other things are doing, you know, good luck finding 200% uh, in, you know, what is it, a four month span? You know, there's not many thing, assets that can do that. Uh, so, you know, what, what's your involvement in stocks? Yeah, I, I don't own any stocks. I have some cryptocurrency that I, you know, literally it's just my like throwaway money, of, you know, hundred, two hundred dollars here and there every few weeks. Just like, oh, you know, this will be fun. Um, but no, I mean, I, I don't invest in stocks at all. I, I do subscribe to the to the you know commercial real estate thing, right? Like I do real estate. Mm -hmm. so that's my investment vehicle. I think at some point I'll definitely I'll, I'll certainly diversify. I mean, 
why not? It, it, you know, I'll diversify as much as I can in real estate and then I'll want to put some into stocks and, and, and that'll make sense. But um, not until I'm older. I think, you know, the stock market doesn't have a huge impact on real estate. It really doesn't. Like when, the, you know, stock market dropped those three days in a row, it was terrible. I mean, real estate didn't change. Right. I mean, you know, that's that's one of the nicer things about real estate is that it just can't lose value that quickly. And so normally, like we look at the stock market, even if the stocks are, stocks are doing poorly, real estate doesn't even it, it doesn't reflect it whatsoever. Um, so normally I don't watch it. But when you have a three day run like that, mm-hmm. it just it makes everybody nervous about the economic health of the country. Yeah, I agree. Interesting. Um, so let's get back to you um, created this blog. You have your YouTube channel. How did you grow your base? Like how for for me when I created um, getting on the green, um, I w- I'm asking myself who like what information do I have that I want to portray to the people? Um, so that's real estate and that's golf information and that's bringing on interesting people such as yourself. But then my thinking is. Where am I getting these listeners? Where where are these people coming from that uh, you know they they can't necessarily find on their own? So how how did you go about um, kind of finding these people and growing that um, base of listeners, viewers, uh, followers, um, and and everybody who kind of listens to what you have to say? Yeah, I mean, at first, you know, I've I've, all, I've had a decent following on Instagram for a while. I've got you know almost thirteen thousand followers there, so. I'm sure we picked up a few from there, but what I've realized is that Instagram doesn't really care about YouTube. I thought that, you know, hey, I've got, you know, 13,000 followers on Instagram. Maybe I'll get a thousand, you know, the first month on YouTube. Mm-hmm. That's just not even remotely true. Um, you know, what I really did, and, and I still do to this day, is I highly optimize my videos for YouTube search. YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world behind its parent company, Google. So, you want to highly optimize so that people can find you. And then once people find you, they have to have a reason to stay, right? And so that's obviously getting easier and easier the more videos I have. They Mm -hmm. can look into the library and go, yeah, I'm going to subscribe to this guy because he's got 40 videos on investing in commercial real estate, different aspects and different bits, pieces of information. Um, But starting out, it was slow. I mean, it was, it was really slow. I mean, you know, I remember getting like one to two subscribers a day. I'd be like, yeah, man, that was great. <laughs> um, you know, now we're getting over 250 a month. And so that's, uh, it's, it's a big, big difference. But, but um, yeah, I think just optimizing it for search. Think about what people are going to be searching that are your target audience and then just create the content around them. It's really cool. So using the SEO and other... Uh standard marketing uh, measures that you would do to sell any other product is what you're doing to kind of get your word out. And um, it's, it's really cool because, you know, as somebody who is just kind of starting in this whole world of um, the podcasting and blogging and things like that, um, it's not necessarily something that I don't know. It's just not something that I would have done originally necessarily like using these SEO things. Um, that obviously if I was selling a product, that's the first thing that you do is you find out what people are searching for, how they're looking for it, who, who it is that's searching for it. Um, so that's, that's really cool to hear how you optimize getting to your, um, 
basically community. Um, yep. So speaking of community, um, you said that you were going out and um, helping during the like right after the tornado. Um, so what are what are some other things that you do to uh, you know give back or reach the community that isn't necessarily just saying, "Hey, I sell real estate. Here's my card." Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. I mean, I, you know, I have never been the guy that goes out and I, I don't even have business cards, honestly. Wow. Like we literally do not have business cards in the company um, because I think that, you know, that's just kind of old school. And so the way that I have built my networking is off, off of being president in whatever group that I'm I mean, if people, you know, want, if, if, they, if I give somebody a reason to ask me what I do, then we're already having a good enough conversation, right? So, oh, cool. Yeah. What do you do, man? And, and then we start a conversation about it and it's, and it's so much more organic and it works out, out better that way. Um, I'm a board member for the real estate investors in Nashville. So I give a lot of my time to educating other people on how they can go build wealth in real estate. And that doesn't necessarily have to do anything with my business. It's just what you know, it's one of my superpowers, right? Like I understand real estate and I understand the wealth building opportunity that that has. And I would love to help other people create that for themselves. So there's not really anything in it for me, right? It's just, I'm just educating people on how they can go about and do the same thing. Um, you know, we work with entrepreneurs on a daily basis and I love giving my time and helping them, you know, whether they have the funds to go actually start up their own location or not, I'm happy to sit down with them and walk through that. So you know, of course, I could say the, the normal charity stuff here and there, but largely that's how I like to give back is by helping people understand the wealth building opportunity that they can have in the world of real estate. Uh-huh. So how would you say that teaching and helping these entrepreneurs has improved your own understanding of real estate and what you do? It certainly helps you craft a message uh, that you may not have otherwise crafted, right? I mean, if I hadn't been a board member for the real estate investors in Nashville and I hadn't been running a you know biweekly meetup teaching people how to invest in commercial real estate, maybe I wouldn't be as good on the YouTube channel as I am, right? Because you get up and you start teaching things and then people will ask questions because maybe I didn't say something that resonated with them. But they're curious, and so they'll ask a question, and I have to phrase it in a different mm-hmm. way. And so it just helps train your mind of different ways to think of the exact same thing. So I think that you know, teaching is one of the best things that you can do to really cement your learning. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I um, Back when I was teaching golf, um, I would definitely find that I would be saying in my head what's the same thing but using nine different ways and paths to get there, different verbiage. And, um, you know, I felt like it definitely solidified um, my knowledge on what I was teaching. But I was even able to learn more based on, like you said, questions that were asked of me that I said, oh, I didn't even think of that before. But obviously, that's what I'm doing. So now I know that this is how I'm going to teach it next time. And this is how I'm going to portray it to, you know, for instance, uh, you know, one person versus another. Um, and, you know, in real estate, what I've found is that anybody can get involved in real estate, which is such a unique field, basically, whereas, for instance, you're going to have your stockbrokers. For the most part, stockbrokers are, you know, somewhat of the same people. You have your 
um, business owners, which is a very diverse area. But, you know, for the most part, it's the same type of people in real estate. Real estate owners come from all walks of the earth. So so you you meet so many different people and you get so many different mindsets. So being able to teach all those different mindsets at the same time is a skill that you have to be able to have. And that's one thing that I don't think everybody has. So it's, it's cool to see how um, you approach that and uh, kind of use your skills and people, um, I guess, person on person, uh, interpersonal skills to be able to su- succeed in that. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, it makes all the difference in the world. It's, it's you know, real estate at the end of the day is a relationship game. Just how, how, how well can you build a relationship with people? That's really all it is. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's exactly going up to somebody and saying, hey, I've got a product to sell you. Uh, are you buying? Uh, it's creating that, that relationship, right. like you're saying, finding out what the needs are and saying, oh, actually, I think that this property over here that I saw would fit your needs perfectly. Uh, let, me, let me help you with that. Um, so so tell, exactly me, tell me what the, what the future is of, uh, of Nashville real estate. Uh, what, what, what are you seeing in the market? What do you think, uh, the direction's taking post COVID? I mean, Nashville's going to continue to rise, man. It is very well positioned. Um, you know, it, it's, there's, there are many reasons that it has grown over the last 10 years. There are many reasons it will continue to grow. Uh, and, and we've got a long way to go too. I mean, some people have, have started saying, Oh, you know, Nashville's overbuilt. It's overbuilt. There's too many people here. And every time I hear that, I'm like, man, look at, look at Atlanta. I mean, come on. People were saying that about Atlanta in the 1980s and look at where it is now. I mean, they just haven't slowed down. And Nashville is well positioned to do the exact same thing over the next 40 years. So, uh, you know, we're, we're definitely trying to buy everything that we possibly can so that I can <laughs> sit on it for the next 40 years and, and really appreciate it oh, yeah. and, and enjoy that. So do you see it moving vertically, uh, meaning – like the buildings going up or, or do you think COVID's going to affect where people don't necessarily want to be, uh, you know, sardines in a can. They want, they want that land. You see that, uh, um, at least with the single family homes that's on the major rise, people are exodusing from, uh, you know, New York, California, Connecticut, New Jersey, those areas where it's very condensed into the, larger land areas such as you know Tennessee North Carolina Colorado um so do you do you see Nashville going vertical or um what do you, what do you think the effects of covid in that sense will be yeah i mean i, I just i can't see covid having that monumental of an impact over urban development you know you look at how many pandemics have happened throughout you know modern civilization and People continue to live in close quarters. <laughs> yep. Right. So I, I think that after this is gone, people are going to forget about it and they're going to move back to the cities. They're going to live with other people. That's just kind of how humans are, right? Like people aren't meant to go live by themselves on an acre of land and never see anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why, you know, cities like New York become so popular is there's this kind of community that comes with it and this identity that comes with that. And, you know, you're interacting with people and you have neighbors and, and, you know, there's many studies that show that your quality of life as you get older is based around how many friends that you have, right? And so, you know, if you live in an older, you know, apartment community, right, a 55-plus apartment community, chances of you living to 90 are way higher 
than if you, you go live in a house by yourself and you rarely see any of your friends. So yeah, I, I think that, you know, remote working will become more popular. I think that some people will certainly be moving out of the city, but I think it'll be more of a temporary move than anything else. Yeah. I mean, you're definitely right that uh, it's human nature to crave interaction. Um, you know, most people do. Granted, there are some people who don't like human interaction at all. But, you know, for the, for the most part, people do crave that uh, interaction. Um, so we are getting towards the end of our time. But I want to move back slightly. You were talking earlier about how you were managing Airbnbs. Um, I think that Airbnb is something that a lot of people are going to try their hand in. Um, especially if they have these houses that potentially were stretching their budget and then they come into these hard times and they have, let's say, a separated unit that they could um, Airbnb. How does um, an Airbnb owner or participant, I don't know necessarily the term that is used for that, but how, does, uh, how do they go about saving themselves when you said the, the mention of like the 12000 a month to zero? What, what do they do in those situations? Do they go to look for annual leases? Uh, what, what's the strategy, I guess? Yeah, I mean, we had some look for annual leases knowing that they would be losing a couple thousand dollars a month on their mortgage payment, and that was better than losing $5,000 a month. Um, we had some that were able to fill with traveling nurses, and you know, wow. traveling nurses were, were able to pay more just because of COVID. Um, you know, my, I think the problem that people ran into with Airbnb is that they thought that hay was going to be made for the rest of their lives. I mean, you've got these assets that, you know, you're paying $5,000 a month in a mortgage and you're making, you know, three to $5,000 a month in profit. I mean, that's pretty crazy for a single family home. But a lot of these investors weren't looking at it going, okay, this is, you know, this is so profitable because it's so risky. Um, you know, let's set aside enough reserves for a rainy day that where we have a year's worth of, you know, operating expenses just in case. But most people weren't doing that. And so when, you know, when the sun went away, uh, when the tide went out, you saw how many people were swimming naked, right? Like, it was not very pretty. And so I, I think that that's the thing. Like, you know, what, what I tell people now with Airbnbs is, yeah, have one. Right, like get one, but realize that that's a very risky part of your portfolio, and that you need to not be pulling out a hundred percent of the profit every month. Maybe maybe fifty percent, and build it up until you have six or twelve months of of opex just set aside, because that could go away at any moment. The problem that we're also having in Nashville with Airbnb is that it's it's so new the government's still trying to figure out how to regulate it. Mm -hmm. So every couple of months, the laws are changing on it, which is incredibly frustrating. It's just like, you know, what what these dispensaries were going through in California and Colorado, you know, 10 years ago, right? I mean, these people, they would open up dispensaries and the laws would get changed and then they get raided by the feds. Obviously, Airbnb is not on that scale, but like the, the rules and regulations are changing frequently enough to where it's very tough to keep up with them. So... You know, for that reason, that's why we decided to get out of it. We're, we're just, we got tired of dealing with it. Um, most of the big guys actually ended up either filing bankruptcy or very, you know, pulling back extremely on, on what they were exposed to. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how Airbnb pans out over the next or short term rentals in general, I should say, um, 
within the next few years. So you no longer manage Airbnbs at all? Or you were saying we that don't. you owned Airbnbs? No, we, we were doing some real arbitrage on Airbnbs. We were renting homes and then airbnb them. Wow. Um, but, we, but then we managed some as well. Yeah, talk about risk. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so just just one last question on Airbnb. Um, what, what would you say were your like standard months like when it comes to vacancy in, in that verse, you know, cause I have these conversations with my buddies all the time about, um, Airbnb and I'm usually, you know, I, I like risk, but when it comes to Airbnb, I'm fairly risk averse. You know, I don't, I think in my eyes, renting it for 15 days out of a 30 day month is fantastic. If I can expect that, then that would be great. Um, but I don't know if those are, you know, like legitimate numbers. Um, like what, what were the, what was the vacancy like, uh, let's say pre pandemic? Yeah. Pre pandemic, we'd probably see occupancy in the 60 to 80% range. Wow. Okay. So that's pretty good. And then it yeah, goes all depends. the way down to I mean, zero. We, we only managed, we only managed Airbnbs within a two mile radius of downtown Nashville. So, and there's a lot of tourism. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's fairly high. Uh, but whenever we were underwriting new Airbnbs, we always looked at it like closer to 50 or 60%. Interesting. Um, so last thing I want to touch on is, uh, social medias and how you've basically, um, taken advantage of them and really use them to help your business. Um, how, how can technology and other things such as social medias really change and boost you from, standard to you know that top tier um how do, how do you envision that and and see that as a whole yeah i mean they give you a platform automatically right i mean people see somebody that has the podcast as the expert they see somebody that has a youtube channel as the expert somebody that has the instagram account as the expert so you know that anything that you can do to set yourself up as being the expert will obviously help your business i think you know obviously you've got to follow through on that you can't just get out there and fake it. People can tell that, uh, very quickly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it gives you a platform to reach this audience that never would have otherwise found you, right? Like you and I wouldn't be talking if it wasn't for that. Um, a lot of my clients and, and, and frankly, a lot of the investors in my commercial real estate deals, I would never have found them had it not been for Instagram. So, wow. so they've reached out through Instagram to find you and said, Hey, I either have this asset or, Hey, I see your asset. Uh, let me get involved. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I mean, we've got you know professional sports athletes uh, that have reached out to me because of that. We've got um, other real estate professionals from across the country that are interested in investing our deals. Um, we've got some guys out of Texas that are that are looking at one right now. So uh, you know, I think it uh, it really just opens up the pool, right? You're no longer confined to who you can run into on a daily basis. It's who can run into you online from all over the world. Yeah, it, it's really cool. I actually have uh, some listeners in like Uganda or, or like other random countries where I never would have thought that I would be reaching. And, you know, yeah, it, awesome. it, it absolutely surprised me. And it's, they want to they learn about real estate and go off. Yeah, exactly. And it's really cool how these sites like kind of keep track of that, uh, the demographics. So, you know who you're targeting, uh, you know where they are. Um, so you can really focus on 
who you're reaching or adjust what you're saying or doing to reach a different demographic. Um, so it, it's, it's really cool how the technology has changed and giving and given us these types of platforms that um, I won't say exploit that we can exploit, but that we can utilize uh, to kind of boost us to where we want to be and uh, make us as successful as possible. Absolutely, man. That's the way to do it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, well, Tyler, I really, really appreciate you coming on. Um, this has been a lot of fun. I uh, learned a lot. Um, and I can't wait to get back to Nashville, I'll be honest. See how it's changed since the last time I was there. Um, the last time I was there was a bachelor party. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, don't remember <laughs> a lot of it, but uh, it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, so I got to get back there. Um, and uh, hopefully I'll uh, see you out there. I know the food was amazing. That was like insane food. I was not expecting that, but the food was amazing there. It's so good. I mean, Nashville's basically a mini L.A., which in many respects I do not appreciate. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, that's an interesting way of, uh, you know, describing it. Yeah, yeah. But when it comes to the food scene, we'll take that all day. Okay. I mean, it's, it's really probably because of California that we've gotten to the point where we are with our food scene. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. But yeah, Craig, thanks for having me on, man. Uh, when you get to Nashville, hit me up. Let's go grab a drink. All right. Sounds good. Thank you very much. So there you have it, folks. Uh, some wise words from Tyler. Um, just to give a quick recap, um, don't be afraid to spread your wings. Um, give that lending hand. Do something that you wouldn't necessarily do and see where it takes you. Um, as long as well as it's well-intentioned and, you know, for the better good, um, you know, take, take that chance. And you never know how it's going to affect your business, what good it's going to bring. Um, so I loved hearing that from Tyler and how he was able to basically make something out of nothing in a pretty terrible time that is COVID. Um, so I'd like to thank everybody for listening to this week's episode. Uh, we have many awesome episodes coming up. Um, if you have not checked out our blog post yet, please do that. It's an awesome mix of golf course reviews as well as some real estate tidbits. So, I mean, it's a fun little place where I get to, um, you know, share my thoughts with you all. Hopefully you enjoy that. Um, if you have any questions, comments, uh, interest in being on the podcast, please don't hesitate to go to gettingonthegreen.com. Again, that's gettingonthegreen.com. Uh, love to hear from you all. Um, had some awesome feedback so far, so keep that coming in. Um, other than that, we will see you next time on The Green.